Hello there and welcome to the Sun Devil Source Report podcast alongside Sun Devil Source reporters Fabian Ardaya, Maxwell Madden, Kaylin Jones, and as always, Sun Devil Source Report, sundevilsource.com site publisher Chris Cartman. I'm your host Rob Warner. For this ASU men's basketball podcast, we're going to recap ASU's home loss to Utah, their home victory over the Colorado Buffaloes, a little preview into their ranking and what they have coming up in the following weekend. So guys, let's just get right into it with their home loss to Utah. They lost 80-77 to this past Thursday, January 25th. ASU had a three-point lead with nine seconds left in regulation. They had no timeout. ASU couldn't take a timeout after Shannon, a- Shannon Evans made a layup to give ASU a 69-66 to lead. They didn't have that timeout, actually, because with 108 remaining in the game, ASU had the ball, and Remy Martin couldn't inbound the ball, and ASU had to take its final timeout. With three seconds, or with the nine seconds remaining, Bearfield drills a three to send the game into overtime. Utah wins it from there. Should ASU have fouled in the last nine seconds of that game? Yes, absolutely. You lead up three with less than 10 seconds to go. You should always foul, especially, obviously, Bobby Hilly didn't have a timeout to use, but he still. It's something that should have been practiced and should have been executed at the time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a foul. I find it confounding, obviously, that most teams don't do it. I think it's important to understand, though, how they got to that point. ASU, for a while, was down eight uh, to Utah. They really were getting pretty much outplayed and outrebounded until Remy Martin's uh, big 10-0 run. And then ASU, well, the, the 10-0 run gave them a two-point lead, but then ASU finished the game 0 for its last seven, and that was really what got them there. Of course, you can't predict the Bearfield, the Chucker, is going to make that shot. But, uh, you know, definitely time out there, but it's important to understand where they got there. And Remy Martin wasn't on the floor for any of that. Right. Importantly. No, he's, the three-pointer he was on the floor for. Uh, the three? Remy? Remy? He was on the floor. Yeah, oh, but he wasn't, but he, for a large, oh, like the, the long large stretch, stretch yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. where yeah. they were 0 for 7 okay. on offense, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't on the floor. He was on the floor to yeah. guard mm-hmm. Bearfield right. at right, the end. Right. Yeah, and I think he just got lost. He didn't know where he was, and... To be honest, like I know in 20, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but I didn't have a problem with it. I think if you play, you know, defense and actually guard the dude, there's a chance that he misses the shot. So I wrote about on the site. There's a Ken Palm did an analysis a couple years ago whether it's statistically proven yeah, that like you should foul or not. Yeah. And you and should. It, it was inconclusive, actually. Really? Yeah, I wrote. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I like, did a long post on it on the board. Thanks for reading it, Kalen. About how uh, essentially whether you choose to guard it out or whether you choose to foul, it's you know roughly 50-50 what's going to happen. I'm in the foul camp. I think you should foul. The ball was brought across half court by Bearfield with about six to seven seconds left, and there was an opportunity for Remy Martin to foul him in that five to seven second range before he crossed him over and pulled up and and hit the three. Um, They didn't. The, the, the thing that's more problematic for ASU is that they didn't have a default strategy going into that situation. Um, Bobby Hurley shouldn't need a timeout because this is something that's common in college basketball. This is a very thing that you could face regularly. You're up three, final possession, what do you do? If your bench is all calling out red, 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 or whatever, then you know you're taking a foul. Or, or you're not. Remy Martin was asked about it after the, the game in the press conference. You guys were all there. He didn't even really seem to know 
the situation and what he was supposed to do. And, and, and Bobby Hurley said that he didn't want to yell down the floor, foul, foul, foul. Which you shouldn't, it shouldn't even be, right. that shouldn't even be a thing. So, so not whether you foul or not was a mistake, that other stuff was a mistake. But ASU shouldn't have even been in that situation because ASU at home should be able to beat Utah pretty, not, you know, not easily, but that's a game ASU needs to win. Plus, also, ASU should be able to get an inbound and not to burn a timeout coming out of a time, TV yeah, timeout. Yeah, Martin took a timeout in like three seconds. Yeah, and that was coming right after how about, a timeout. How about telling your team that you can't, you have to get the ball inbounded and having a, a, a way to do that that's, you know, a worst-case scenario, throw the ball into the back, you know, back court or whatever. So it's kind of the irony that Remy Martin had the 10-0 run, but also cost the team with the with a timeout and a defensive lapse in the final seconds. And maybe Bobby Hurley not riding a hot Remy Martin in favor of Shannon Evans or Trey Holder, who combined weren't as good. Like Holder didn't really do much in that game down the stretch. So not, you know, Hurley said, I'm not going to take my seniors off the floor. And you kind of understand that. And he also didn't want to go small because Utah was, was playing with a bigger lineup. So there's challenges there. But, but you have to at least examine some of the coaching in that situation. And then let's look toward the home win against Colorado this past Saturday, the 27th of January. ASU and Colorado were deadlocked at 32 at half. Um, in, the second, in the first half, ASU didn't make a single three. In the second half, ASU completely became some sort of different basketball team. They made 10 threes, didn't commit one turnover. Trey Holder had 22. Shannon Evans had 19. Both big men had 10, Romello White and Jaquan Lake. And ASU had 19 fast break points. Was this kind of the ASU team we saw in the non-conference? I think in a lot of ways, yeah. Even in the first half, when they couldn't hit a single three, I thought they were outplaying Colorado, even though they were tied. I think the thing is, the shots weren't going in, and all of a sudden, they all came in. I think that was the first really extended burst Arizona State's had offensively uh, in conference play that has felt sustainable. They had that run against Oregon State, and they've had – stretches this uh, season where they've had to come back in conference play and they've played pretty well in the stretches. But this is the first time they really took control of the pace and the flow of a game and sort of throttled the opposing team with that. I think first time the offense has really showed its non-conference stretch. And it's a very encouraging sign. Obviously, Colorado uh, is not the same team that beat Arizona State in Boulder. I think that was a flash-in-the-pan weekend for them, beating Arizona State and U of A at home. But and Colorado, I don't expect to be one of the better teams in the Pac-12. But it's still a good confidence boost, a good momentum boost, especially for Arizona State team that sort of stumbled a little bit out of the stretch in Pac-12 play. Yeah, and you mentioned that the shots just weren't falling in the first half. I definitely think that that was the case. Uh, in the second half, they didn't really improve their shot quality. They just started going in with the same threes that they were taking. I think something to note that's very important. Uh, a lot of ASU fans were waiting for Trey Holder to come back, and he scores a combined 45 points between the two games. Uh, shoots pretty well from three, and then of course Shannon Evans has that second half explosion. So, you know, it is a little bit worrisome to see guys like Cody Justice and Remy Martin not really do much against Colorado. But you know, ASU's guards got hot like they were earlier in the season and sort of you know put the Buffaloes away down the stretch. Yeah, and you talk about like how their confidence is there, and Bobby Hurley has said throughout the year like he's going to let his players continue to shoot pretty freely without any type of you know worry over the back of their head where they're not going to be pulled out. And, you know, they're going to take shots, especially throughout the game. A couple of Shannon's three-pointers, I was like, what are you doing? But, you know, they go in. And, you know, throughout the year, we, or at least through this kind of rough patch, it's been sort of the opposite of that where they're taking bad shots and 
poor shots. But again, it's, it's hindsight where it's 2020. It's like whether or not they're going to hit it or not. I, I think they were due for a big, you know, outburst the way that they, they had in the second half against Colorado. I don't know whether or not it's sustainable, but they're capable of doing this. So it is good for ASU to at least, you know, have flashes of that. The whole key, guys, is are you going to be able to defend on a consistent basis? Maybe you're going to make shots or you're not going to make shots. That, 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 that ebbs and flows. But Hurley was really happy with how his team competed and defended on the defensive end. This ASU team has been very sporadic and even, frankly, bad at times at, uh, at giving up open looks at the basket from the perimeter and too many shots at the rim. Uh, and those things really weren't issues in this game. And so, yeah, when they got hot, it looked better and they, they, they blew out Colorado. But the reality is they, they set that up on the defensive end. And Max mentioned it briefly, but I just want to go into it a little more. Trey Holder did have a pretty good weekend, even though you mentioned, Chris, that he didn't have the best second half against Utah. His stat line, he had 23 points and 10 rebounds in that game against Colorado in their win. He had 22 points and five more rebounds. Um, try, kind of trying to get him back to his normal self. He's been telling me, he told me after the Colorado win that he really feels like he's back to himself. He just feels like the defenses that have been on him have been much tougher than they were in the non-conference especially. But, but moving on, ASU's traveling uh, up north to face Washington, 15-6, and 5-3 in the Pac-12 on Thursday, a team featuring Jalen Novell, the freshman that's scoring almost 17 a game, the big man Noah Dickerson, who's averaging just under 15 a game, followed by Washington State on Super Bowl Sunday. Washington State, 9-11 uh, overall, 1-7 in the conference, just ahead of Cal in the standings in the conference, but they do have a few few pretty good players. Robert Franks, uh, the big man who's averaging almost 18 a game, and Malachi Flynn averaging about 15 a game. I want to hear you guys some quick predictions for this weekend. I'd say def- I think say this is definitely a split series for ASU. Washington is actually a very good defensive team. Uh, they lead the conference in three-point field goal defense percentage, uh, block shots, and steals as Mike Hopkins runs that zone that he took from Syracuse, of course, or brought with him from Syracuse, as I would say. But that's kind of a, a team that's designed to beat Arizona State, both being so good at the zone and so good uh, from beyond the arc uh, defensively. So I would say that they definitely beat Washington State. It's one of the worst teams in the conference for sure, but I think they lose to the Huskies. Yeah, I think Washington definitely presents a lot of issues with its zones. I think obviously Arizona State showed a flash of what it could be uh, in that Colorado game, and maybe they ride it out to a hot start and get the win on the first end of the of this weekend series for the first time uh, in this Pac-12 play, but it feels like that stretch of Bobby Hurley coached Arizona State teams not sweeping a Pac-12 series because continue for at least one more weekend. Yeah, it doesn't seem I, – I don't think they're going to be able to beat Washington. I think it's going to come down, again, to Ramel White, and I think we were talking about during the Colorado game, Chris, like they started off 6 nothing, was all going inside the Ramel White, then they sort of went away from the first half. So I think if he ends up having a good game against Dickerson, it could be a difference maker, and that would, be, that would have to happen in tandem with hot shooting. But I, I don't see them winning the first one. They'll probably wipe out Washington State, though. I think uh, the, the, the key player in this game may actually be Mickey Mitchell. It sounds interesting. Be, yeah, because this, the Washington zone is very good. Right. And they run it effectively. Uh, it's, you know, it's a 2-3, but then they really extend uh, three guys out onto the perimeter, and they have great length. You, uh, Noel's a big physical kid. Uh, Thibel, as a wing, is a big physical kid. Um, they really kind of pressure you and close out, and they have athleticism. 
and um, and the the key to beating it is getting that high post uh, uh, player who you who can you pass from there into the low post or outside and getting threes that way. And Mickey Mitchell seems to be the only player that they've had who has been able to really facilitate their offense from the high post. And that's why I think that he's probably going to be an essential player in this game. I don't really like the matchup for ASU, um, especially on the road, though I do agree with everybody that ASU should beat Washington State even though that game is on the road. I don't think it's going to be a, a walk. But um, you know, the key when you go on the road is try to win at least one of those two games. If you win one of those two games and you, you, you sweep your home series, which of course ASU hasn't done the last two weeks, which has been a problem, but, um, but that's the way that you can have a lot of success in the Pac-12. Right, and I, I agree with everybody that said basically that, that ASU probably won't sweep this weekend. Just to give credit where credit is due, Fabian, Max, and Kalen last week predicted that ASU – uh, would lose one of the two games they did. Chris and I predicted they would sweep the weekend against Utah and Colorado. I'm, we blaming, I'm blaming Bobby Hurley and ISU. <laughs> um, lost that game. But let's get to the AP poll for just a second. ASU at 16-5, and 4-5 and five in the Pac-12, comes in at number 25 in the rankings. They've been ranked now for 10 weeks in a row. Kalen tweeted that yesterday. You guys can all follow Kalen. Great follow. Um, so just where the rankings have gone for ASU this season – They've been as high as number three, and from number three, they've gone to number four, number 11, number 16, number 21, and number 25. They've fallen for four straight weeks in the rankings. Does ASU deserve to be ranked right now? Um, No, but if they would be, they, number 25 is where they belong. They, they don't belong to be anywhere higher than that, I think, at this current point. Uh, it's hard to really gauge, especially because of the fall they've had. Uh, but... The thing is, like Arizona State still in a position where if it takes care of business, its ranking is going to take care of itself and everything's going to take care of itself. So I don't think worrying about where Arizona State is ranked right now is all that important, especially considering the amount of time that's still left in the season. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I would agree. Just to repeat that sentiment, I guess, um, you know, kudos to the AP poll voters, though, if anything, they're acknowledging or at least recognizing ASU's tough non-conference run, you look at Xavier, you look at Kansas, where they're ranked at right now. Kansas State received the most votes of anyone yeah, that didn't exactly, make the top 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they've played a tough non-conference, and, you know, they're getting, I guess, deserved recognition. But, no, I don't think it's the top 25 team right now. Yeah, Kalen, you're definitely right. that Their non-conference wins are really the only things keeping them in front of teams like Florida State, Nevada, Louisville, Creighton, that are just outside the top 25 right now. So, you know, if you – are full in on RPI and strength schedule, then ASU barely deserves to be in there. But if they don't have those wins or have a less impressive non-conference schedule, they're probably nowhere near the top 25. A couple important things. Um, ASU's now dropped below 40 in the RPI, which at where we're at in this point in the season is more important than the, the, the AP poll, I would say. Uh, ASU still holding up well in Ken Palm, I think, just inside the top 30. Yep. Um, we're going to be talking about more in subsequent weeks, a lot about just kind of ASU's NCAA hopes and potential. Um, the conference strength of schedule is and RPI is, is both fifth for the Pac-12. Arizona is a lock. USC is basically a lock 8-2 in the league, right? Uh, ASU is like on the cusp there. As a third team, along with Utah, that's why beating Utah 
uh, for the second time would have been a, a huge factor. And Washington, strangely enough, unexpectedly, has yeah. somewhat of a profile where it, it might have a chance, and that's why uh, this game with the ASU Washington is also meaningful in terms of jockeying for position in the middle of that uh, of that thing. UCLA is going to have to get on its horses if it's going in Oregon too if they're going to want to make the tournament, given where their RPIs are at right now. They're going to have a really strong second half of the season. And talking about the big dance coming up in March, Chris, we've just talked about how this team really isn't a lock anymore for the NCAA tournament. You you mentioned you wrote an article about it that's on on the site about how ASU probably needs to win six out of their next ten conference games. You know, you're nine games in the conference season. Uh, you really got to make your impression now or never, really. So um, they have they're four and five, right? So I think I think they need to win five of the next ten. I think to to be pretty comfortable. Uh, we've we've shown that you have to get nine wins in the league, and that's between the regular season and your conference tournament to really have much of a chance. No no eight eight win team has ever made it. Arizona made it one time at nine and eleven with a couple wins in the Pac twelve tournament. Uh, ASU is going to have a very good RPI. I mean, almost never is a top fifty RPI team left out of the tournament in a major conference. Um, but if you go four and six in your final ten, and then you don't make a uh, a big impression in the in, in the, the Pac-12, Pac-12 tournament, tournament yep. you're you got a chance to be left on the cutting room floor, and that would be a disaster given where they started. So uh, they that's why they have to win at least one of these games on their own, Rob. And the Pac-12 standings, we'll we'll just talk about them really quickly. Arizona at eighteen and four in their non-conference, eight and one in conference play. USC coming in at number two in the standings, eight and two in conference, seventeen and six overall. Washington fifteen and six, who ASU is playing this this upcoming week. Five and three in the conference. UCLA fifteen and seven, six and four in conference play. Stanford eleven and eleven in the non-conference, but five and four in the conference. Oregon just below fourteen and seven, four and four in Pac-12. Utah thirteen and eight, five and five in the conference. ASU sixteen and five, four and five in the conference. Colorado twelve and ten, four and six in Pac-12 play. Oregon State just ahead of Washington State and Cal at eleven and nine, three and five in Pac-12 play. And Washington State and Cal both with just one win in the Pac-12 play. So that's all we have time for on this edition of the ASU Men's Basketball Podcast on the Sun Devil Search Report Podcast episode. Um, we did record a, a premium podcast with in-depth football recruiting and the overall state of Arizona State football. So check that out on our site, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Um, for Sun Devil Source reporters, Fabian Nardia, Maxwell Madden, Kalen Jones, and site publisher Chris Cartman, I'm your host, Rob Werner, saying so long, and thank you for tuning in. <laughs>